Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, one thing I wanted to do is talk about someone, uh, and really it's somebody that you brought up to my attention. Um, this person continues to meet expectations for this Broncos team, uh, despite, uh, like I said previously, the record this year. Um, who is this guy, Nick, and why does he continue to meet expectations for you and for this team? Well, the guy that uh, I want to talk about is Greg Dosage and uh, what he's done in a short period of time. And I know uh, people were just kind of uh, saying a lot of things about him coming out of training camp because it was like, well, hey, you know, the Broncos drafted this guy. They didn't know why they drafted him out of UCLA. What could he really do? And then, you know, we saw him early on in training camp. He get a touchdown. And then all of a sudden he's hurt for an extended period of time. And those question marks – was just kind of swirling around, well, what type of player is he? Is he really tough at all? But Greg Dosis has proved that he is a viable weapon for this offense. And it's all about just kind of scheming and trying to get him open. And when they've done that, uh, I mean, he, he's done well. And considering the fact that the Broncos are kind of decimated by injuries uh, when it comes to that wide receiver room, we've seen Greg Dosage involved more than uh, we've seen in uh, early parts of the season. And for me, I want to see more. I want to, there, there's more things that I believe that that he can do that they can put on his plate that I feel as though he has a football IQ uh, to do that. But, but the emergence of great dosage, uh, in a way, has uh, pretty much overshadowed him and kind of uh, cast a shadow, if if you will, over Albert Okawebonam, a guy who coming into the season, he was supposed to be the guy. And that was kind of one of the reasons why the Broncos traded Noah Fant and sent him back into Seattle because there was a lot of faith in Albert Okawebonam. But, I mean, as the stock rises for Greg Dosage, it goes down for Albert Okawebonam. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Albert O even be active for a lot of these games. I believe he was active maybe in Baltimore or maybe it was this week. I can't remember, but it was the first time he was active in a long time. Uh, and he, I don't think he played a snap even when he was active. But Greg's had a great year. Um, I believe it's 28 receptions, 361 yards, and a touchdown this year, Nick, which considering the amount of games he missed, too, to start the year, that's a really good season for a rookie, right? Um, you want to see him maybe get a couple more touchdowns here at the end of the year, but um, I'd say that's really solid. He's definitely lived up to expectations. Uh, and we also have audio here, Nick, from uh, Hackett uh, talking about Greg Dulcich. So here's Hackett talking about his growth and his development this season. He's done a great job. Uh, I mean, they've they've thrown a lot of different things at him throughout the the year, week by week. You see so many different things, and I think he's embraced it. We've seen a lot of different defenses, and they have tried to whether they man him or put a better guy on him or uh, cloud him or all the different things that they do defensively to be able to try to stop him. And uh, he's been able to find some sweet spots, understand where he fits within the zone coverages, and beat win versus man coverage. So uh, he's he's really I feel like he's really coming along. Nick, what, what, what is it about uh, Dulcich that makes him so hard to cover? And, and, and is he a guy that – because I, I think that a lot of people want him to be um, – you know, obviously these would be really high expectations uh, – to be, a, you know, a, a guy like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or whatever. Can't he get into that type of, uh, of a player? What, what is it that makes him so good, and do you think that that can be maybe his ceiling? I think for me, man, it's his route running, being able to uh, create space with that big body. Uh, and, you know, 
his hair too as well. I don't know if you've ever watched it when he's running the ball. His hair is kind of blowing in the wind, almost like a la like 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 Fabio and something. Maybe defenders get kind of hypnotized by his his long hair. But this guy is uh, great in the vertical passing game. And like Coach Hackett just said, I mean, other teams defensively they try to take him out. They try to bring a guy down to kind of jam him. And he he hasn't learned to how to be a crafty tight end in his league as far as using his hands and getting off. So everything that he's doing right now, George, is just on pure talent alone. So just imagine once uh, we get into 2023, he takes everything he learned this year and then becomes a better tight end next year. I mean, it's going to be extraordinary. You mentioned the likes of uh, uh, Mandrews and Travis Kelsey. He has the ability to be that guy because when you look at what Travis Kelsey is, he's a guy that finds a soft spot in the zone. He's not a, a burner when it comes to the tight end position. I feel as though, I don't know his 40 speed, but when you watch him on tape, it looks like Greg Dosage is faster than Travis Kelsey. And then Mark Andrews, man, they just find different ways uh, to get him open. And Greg Roman has done a great job in Baltimore as, as far as putting you know Mark Andrews in great positions uh, for him to succeed. And that's something that uh, I think Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator now, operating offensive coordinator for the Broncos, He's learning as he goes with Greg Dosage, you know, how can he set him up? How can he put it in position? So it's going to be an interesting week against the Cardinals because when you look at the Broncos' offensive weapon, both Jerry Judy and Greg Dosage now have become those two guys. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Nick. I mean, Greg's going to his, – his duty obviously becomes even higher. His role uh, it becomes larger, right, um, with, with all these guys out. And you can do some different things with him, right? You can split them out. Um, you know, you can have him kind of play like a, a wide receiver position. And like you said, his speed is, is something that I think is, is, you know, top of the league right now in terms of at that position. Um, I think he's one of the faster tight ends in the league. And, and I do think you're right. The route running is what really stands out. Um, so, you know, good for Greg. Greg, Greg's had a good year. Like I said, I, I think that they hope to get him a couple more touchdowns. He's obviously a guy that I think is going to end up being a big red zone target for them moving forward in the next few years. Uh, and that's something they really just haven't had a lot of. Um, and I, I already think that he's going to be better than Noah Fant. And that's no, you know, dig on Noah Fant. I, I just think that Noah's, you know, he didn't he didn't have a ton of growth at times at the position. I think Greg's going to kind of blossom into a really, really good football player. Uh, so it's going to be fun to watch him. Nick, you sent that question about a guy that has maybe met expectations. I've got another one for you. Uh, he's a rookie as well. And I would even argue, considering his first game, he has since exceeded expectations, or at least my expectations. Okay. And that's Damari Mathis. Uh, I think Damari Mathis, I, I know he had the rough game against the Chargers. It was his first start, first career start in the NFL. I think he had, what, three or four pass interferences in that game. Uh, they were going at him all game. He has been really impressive since then, Nick. And I think that speaks a lot to the kid's character, obviously being able to bounce back. I asked Justin Simmons about him yesterday and said the kid is just a dog, uh, is what he called him. You know, he's he's physical out there. He doesn't miss tackles. That's what I like about him is he will come off the edge there uh, and come up and make a big tackle. And he's been really good in coverage. Uh, you know, he's not getting beat. You know, I, I think he's playing really solid football. He's playing tight coverage. He seems like a smart player, right? He's learning on the fly. And to be able to bounce back from that performance and play consistently the way he has, I don't know, man. I've just been super impressed by the kid. Uh, and, again, for a guy that 
you know, really was drafted to be a special teams player this year and maybe a corner, you know, in a year or two. Uh, I Again, I couldn't speak more highly of the guy because I think that uh, his role was never supposed to be uh, as big as it is right now. Yeah, this is another thumbs up to uh, uh, Broncos GM George Payton for identifying talent and bringing a guy like Damari Mathis uh, in. And things kind of uh, changed in his favor. You may you may remember in the Buffalo game, in the preseason game, where Michael Jamudia was injured and, you know, Damari Mathis had to come in the game. And it seemed once like once he came in the game, he was able to kind of solidify himself as that guy that the Broncos can uh, be, he could be a go-to guy because since Tamari Mathis has been playing, uh, Michael Jamudia, who was once on IR, I mean, he's been inactive this entire season. And you wonder, okay, well, Michael Jamudia has more experience, but why is it that he hasn't been elevated to an active status? And that's because of Tamari Mathis. And you're right. I mean, you go back to the game against the Chargers. It wasn't a great game. And, and I don't agree with all the pass interference calls, but the one thing I love about Demari Mathis, he worked through that situation mentally. I mean, I would see him in practice in the locker room, and I would always talk to him and just tell him, man, you know, those things are going to happen. It happened to all of us as rookies, and you have to learn to grow from those situations to keep your body in a certain position. I mean, if a, if a wide receiver beats you, which they're going to beat you in this league, I mean, you don't panic. You just run to catch up with that guy, and then at the last second, he shows his hands Turn your head around. Don't don't try to grab him, attack him. And that's why if you do that, you're going to get those calls. So I've liked the confidence that I've seen. Uh, the fact of Ronald Darby being out, that's given him more opportunity to get those reps. And you can see which, with every single possession, every single game, his confidence has grown, uh, George. And, and once again, just, just think about a lot of these players that uh, George Payton drafted this year that are getting uh, quality playing time, what that's going to do for them uh, next season as well. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think it's it's as good of a draft class. And again, this is probably a conversation for for the offseason, but it's probably not as good as, as a draft class as the previous year, which I think George Payton won the award for, for best draft class or something like that. Um, and they obviously had, I think, almost every single rookie except for maybe one played the previous year. This year, you still have a lot of guys contributing, though, right? Uh, Nick, Nick Benito's role is going to increase with Jacob Martin being out. Um, I think you also are just going to see him play a lot more because it's toward the end of the season. You want to see more from him, but he's still going to play quite a bit. He's going to be a, a key guy going forward. Um, you know, you've got Greg Dulcich that we talked about. Damari Mathis is playing a lot. Um, you know, Matt Henningsen is another guy that we don't ever talk about, but he plays a lot on that defensive line for them. Uh, Delarian Turner yell. Again, not a guy we talk about a ton, but has been a key special teams player. I believe he's on all four special teams units. Well, except for I don't think he's on field goal, but um, you know he's on kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt team, you know punt return, all that stuff. He's on. He's had a good year. Um, you know, some of the other guys are slipping my mind, but it seems like every single one has had a, you know a little bit of a role this year. So again, George Payton, you might be mad at him about the Russell Wilson trade, which again everybody would have done. But the dude knows how to draft good players. At least I, I think he's proven that. Um, well, well, you know what? So I, I was listening as you were going through the names of uh, this uh, past draft and how those guys have uh, contributed. But uh, I, I was I was hanging on to see if you were going to mention one player, and, and you did not. You didn't mention uh, Luke Widenberg, right? Yep. Yep. Well, <laughs> you didn't mention him and how how well he's playing. Yeah, I mean, and I look. I think they still have hopes for him. But 
here's my thing with Luke Wattenberg, Nick, and I don't know if you saw the same thing. I don't think he's there physically yet. I think they, they drafted him based off of, uh, you know, look, he played, what was it, five or six years of college football, a long time, and was a four-year starter, I believe, at Washington. Really smart player, played center, uh, is versatile, can play some different positions. But he was and, – and this is going to happen, right, when you go up against a guy like Chris Jones, who's played in the league for a long time and is one of the best pass rushers in the league. He just kind of moved him around like a rag doll, uh, and that kind of tells me – He's just not there yet physically because I, I think he knows what he's doing. Like it's not like he's like messing up plays and he's he's mentally not understanding what they're trying to do. I think he just had he was physically outmatched, uh, and I think we've seen that now a couple times because you look back even to I think it was the Titans game he came in and played center. Um, he was physically outmatched then too, so I, I think that that's why you got to give him a year or two to get physically, you know, um, you know, better. And, and I think you could say that about a lot of the rookies, right? I mean, I think Nick Benito is another example of, you can tell he's got a lot of uh, talent, but he's physically, I mean, one, he's just physically smaller at that position than he probably needs to be, but he needs to put on some, some muscle. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a, a bad take. I, it just looks like that. That's part of the issue right now is a couple of these guys are just not physically there yet. But even, even with that being said, it's more of a reason why I go back to what we were talking about earlier with Natani Muti. Knowing as though you have Luke Wagenberg, who is not as experienced, he doesn't have that upper body strength, and he seems to be thrown around like he's a rag doll. To me, this is why you want to do everything you can to keep uh, Natani Muti. Now, if that meant that you lost maybe a wide receiver or running back, hey, so be it. But this is another reason why, you know, I don't envy Brett Rippon if he is, and he should be the starter against Arizona, but also another reason why I would not, I would not with these last four games, trust Russell Wilson behind this offensive line, knowing as though Luke Widenberg lacks the strength. Like you said, he's a smart guy. The problem is not him knowing his assignment, it's being able to execute it. And that was one of the words of the year uh, by Nathaniel Hackett. It was execution and knowing how to finish. Right now, I don't know if I would want to be behind that Broncos offensive line, knowing as though Luke Wattenberg was be tasked with the responsibility of protecting me. So how about you, George? Would you want to be the Broncos uh, quarterback, knowing as though you have Luke Wattenberg to protect your blind side? I don't think I'd ever want to be the Broncos starting quarterback. Um, pay a lot of money. Yeah, to like get hit a lot, uh, especially <laughs> this year. I mean – we talked about it. Russell Wilson leads the league and in, in getting sacked this season, um, which is just – and he's on pace to have the most in his career, which you look back, part of the reason he wanted to leave to Seattle was he's getting sacked yeah. too much. He's getting sacked too much in Denver. So they got they got to look at revamping that entire offensive line, in my opinion, this offseason. And you mentioned it. It's interesting they get rid of Natani Mute. From my understanding, he was the strongest guy in that locker room across Damn. the board, the strongest guy. Uh, and he ends up leaving uh, for for the Raiders. So – Nick, we still got a lot to get into in this last segment. Uh, let's take a break, and then we'll dive into some Randy Gregory talk. Maybe he's back this week. We'll talk about a little bit of the matchups. And also, what's the outlook for these last four games? You know, sitting at 3-10, and 10, uh, what's the motivation for a lot of these guys in these last four games? 